The love of God compels me. Ever since I knew I'd be sharing on Valentine's Day, there is one phrase that has been rumbling about in my head. It comes from 2 Corinthians 5.14 and says, The love of Christ compels me. I love that word compels, for it suggests that we are driven or forcefully urged to do something. It most definitely is an action word and doesn't allow for any placid inactivity. Much like the actions of the saint for whom the celebration is named. St. Valentine was a third century priest who ministered to persecuted Christians. One legend even indicates that Valentine cut hearts from parchment and gave them to the suffering believers to remind them of the love of God. Valentine was placed under house arrest by a judge for secretly marrying young Christian couples and giving them help as he could, a crime under Roman rule. The judge is said to have questioned Valentine about the power and efficacy of his faith and to test him brought forth his blind daughter. If Valentine could heal her, the judge would do whatever Valentine asked. When Valentine laid hands upon the young girl and prayed, her vision was immediately restored. Asked what he should do now, Valentine told the judge to destroy all his idols, repent, and be baptized. In response to his conversion, the judge freed all the Christian prisoners and the 45 people in his household were baptized. This story is similar to the healing of the lame beggar in Acts 3 and the conversion of Cornelius and his family in Acts 10, showing that the power of the Holy Spirit continued to work in the early church. Valentine, like the early apostles, continued his preaching and was arrested once again by Emperor Claudius, who initially took a liking to Valentine. However, Claudius resisted Valentine's efforts to convince him of Jesus' love and sacrifice, as did Governor Felix when Paul spoke to him in Acts 24, and then two years later, so did the new governor Festus and King Agrippa in Acts 26. Well, when Claudius vehemently refused, he ordered Valentine to renounce his faith or face death by beating and beheading. The love of God compelled Valentine to surrender his life and not his faith. And as a result, he was executed on February 14th, 269 AD. Legend says that St. Valentine, before his death, wrote a note to the judge's daughter, encouraging her in her faith, signing it, from your Valentine. To this day, the life and work of St. Valentine is commemorated in the Anglican, Lutheran, Eastern Orthodox, Eastern, Eastern Orthodox, as well as the Catholic Church. The love of God controlled or compelled Valentine to preach the gospel, heal the sick, encourage the suffering, and reach the unsaved. But the notion of celebrating not Christ's love, but romantic love, didn't happen until Chaucer's famous poem of the 14th century. His opening lines state, So short our lives, so hard the lessons, so difficult the tests, so sudden the victory, so tenuous the hope of joy that so easily evaporates into fear. This is what I mean by love. Does this description sound familiar to you? The Victorians, for all their angst and constraints, took the notion of Valentines to a whole new level. 
when in 1840 England introduced a law allowing letters to be sent for just one penny, the mass-produced Valentine cards sprang into being. Within the first year, 400,000 Valentines were mailed, and 30 years later, the number had mushroomed to 1.2 million cards speeding from door to door. Because of this excessive number, postmen were provided a special refreshment allowance to get them to survive the season. But not all the cards were of the lace and flower variety, gushing with glowing words of love and devotion. Nearly half were vinegar valentines, sent from a bitter, betrayed lover, or in some cases to those women known as the suffragettes, who were fighting for women's rights. These vinegar valentines contained cruel, hateful, even slanderous words, condemning the other person for their behavior, speech, or appearance. Additionally, these spiteful cards were often sent COD, cash on delivery, requiring the receiver to pay for the insult. Fortunately, some postmasters destroyed vinegar valentines, thereby preventing their punishing attacks. And the later call to return to the joy and sweetness of the celebration greatly curtailed those mean-spirited communiques. Today, St. Valentine's is a $20 billion industry, compelling people to buy cards and flowers and chocolates and even more elaborate tokens of love. But this isn't the love that we as believers should feel compelled to express. The NIV version translates 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15 in this way. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. The New Living Translation records this verse as Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we've all died for our old way of life. And the Good News Translation, my first Bible as a believer, states we are ruled by the love of Christ now that we recognize that one man died for everyone, which means that they all share in his death. The love of Christ compels, controls, rules. What does the love of Christ compel you to do? How does his love control your actions, rule over your speech? The love of God compelled John and I to take our young boys to the rural areas of South Africa in 1994. Did we imagine we'd be staying and ministering there for over 20 years? <laughs> Not at all, but God did. And it was his love that compelled us to stay. In the same way, the love of God, we want to believe, compelled Carson Hope to invite us to pastor this church. In fact, the love of God compelled them to wait for over a year for us to be able to take up this pastorate. The love of Christ compels us to do three things. The love of God compels us to sacrifice. The love of God compels us to persevere. The love of God compels us to unite with other believers. How do I know this? Because the word of God says so. Christ modeled it and the early church lived it. We see how the love of God compelled Jesus to sacrifice himself for us. The apostle Paul, John wrote the letters to the churches while incarcerated on the tiny barren Isle of Patmos. He said, 
we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. 1 John 3.16. He said it again in the next chapter, 1 John 4.10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. His blood, his death for our life, our eternity. The messages Peter delivered at Pentecost in Acts 2 speaks clearly of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. He shouted to the crowd, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. And hearing this message of Christ's sacrifice, 3,000 souls were saved. Peter repeated this message in Acts 3 after the lame beggar was healed and astounded people by walking and leaping and praising God. This is the same Jesus, Peter said, whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. How often have you pondered that your sin sent Jesus to the cross and his love for you kept him there until it was finished. The love of God compels us to sacrifice. We see it in Christ, we see it in the apostles, and we see it in St. Valentine. Father Frank O'Gara of White Friars Church in Dublin explains this. What Valentine means to me as a priest is that there comes a time where you have to lay your life upon the line for what you believe. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that, even to the point of death. The love of Christ compels us to persevere. One commentator describes this verse in 2 Corinthians 5 in this way. Paul may even be saying that Christ's love literally controls his choices. Christ's love has essentially taken Paul captive to do Christ's work on earth, no matter what Paul may have considered doing otherwise, because Christ's love for him and the world, Paul must continue. In other words, Paul must persevere. Christ's love compelled the apostles to share the gospel, to persevere in doing so even in the midst of persecution. They were willing to die to their own desires, their own comforts, in order to share the love of Christ they knew so well. My old life, Paul writes to the Galatians, has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I lived in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are constrained to have the love of Christ compel us to persevere, now more than ever, to run the race set before us until it's been won. Finally, the love of Christ compels us to live in unity. Jesus told the disciples, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are his disciples. John 13, 35. 
COVID has separated, isolated us from one another. In turn, we've become distant, even divided, doubting if we really need to meet together and fellowship with one another. The enemy wants us snarling and snapping. He doesn't have to battle us if we're battling one another. But instead, the word tells us that the love of Christ unites us. The first wave of believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer, Acts 2.42. The second wave of believers was the same. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all, Acts 4.32. The love of Christ compels us to sacrifice, to persevere, to unite. What is the love of Christ compelling you to do? As you consider the sacrifice of Jesus, the message of the Gospels, the martyrdom of St. Valentine, will you let the love of Christ compel you to action? As God's chosen people, holy and beloved, we are told, We are told to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. May these control us as we live our lives compelled by the love of Christ. Amen and amen.